Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel the Series, one by one, and spoiler free, I'm Harrison, and it's time to wrap, wrap, wrap up. But I'm not going to wrap because that would be upsetting for everyone. And I'm Pierre, so I should drink more water. Is that a reference? I don't get it. I, I don't drink a lot of water. I'm dehydrated, so when I pee, I pee air. Wow. My friends call me Jason, though. That is laborious. <laughs> it's not my fault that you can't get a simple joke. There's like eight steps to that joke, man. Anyway, <laughs> oh my gosh. tell them what we're doing. Uh, you know what we're doing today, guys? We are wrapping up our journey through Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 5 and Angel season two and what a journey it's been a lot of journey a lot of highs a lot of highs less lows than than we're used to yeah especially Uh, coming off of buffy season four yeah it was actually a little difficult to figure out my least favorite uh episode of buffy this season it was very easy to figure it out last season yep yeah i was about to be like oh let's first let's like just talk real quick about our overall feelings for the season and then i looked at the prompt and i was like oh wait that's that's how we end the episode. <laughs> I wrote I wrote this prompt. I anyway. Um, yeah, so we... Oh, I guess we should go to... Sorry, this is chaos. Uh, <laughs> I love it. We're gonna yes, go... bring all the chaos. <laughs> all right, we're going to go to intro music, friends. Um, amazing how one slight change in the the intro and outro script and I'm just like I'm lost. And I mean it's it's like it's not even a change. It's just like we're taking out the stuff, the info that's normally in there. Yeah. This is what um, happens when you give us a blank canvas and just <laughs> go for it. It's just okay. Jason, what are you drinking today? Uh I, I've definitely felt in the mood for a beer mm-hmm. and uh uh, and you and John seem to always have a very good supply of Narragansett, mm-hmm. um, which I like. I, I like a, I like beer a lot, and yeah. uh, this uh, Narragansett's a nice lager. Um, it's a good, good cheap beer. It is like it's good for like not breaking the bank, but also like not being PBR. Yeah, yeah, it's it's right up there with I'd say, um, uh, Boston Lager, mm-hmm. same as Boston Lager and Heineken and Yingling. Mm-hmm. Um, those are like uh, those are good beers that you don't have to break the bank for, but you know they don't taste like piss water like Miller Light and Bud Light. Yeah, apologies if you're fans of that, but guys, come on, man, it's okay. you can do better. It's okay to like piss water. Yeah, <laughs> that's just it's that's just your preference. You can do better though. Uh, I'm drinking a nice glass of uh, dark red blend uh, from from the box. Uh, <laughs> fresh from the box like, baby <laughs> like swirling it but i don't want to swirl it too much because i don't want to lose and it. i'm and i'm being entranced by the swirling um so since we're talking buffy and angel usually usually you do toasts on angel episodes and i do toasts on buffy episodes um how about we both come up with one thing to toast and then we'll do a simultaneous toast okay um you go first <laughs> That's not simultaneous. Um, well, you have to say it first, and then I'll say mine, and then we'll then the toast itself will be. 
Um, here is to um, dang, <laughs> it's tough, man. Come up with it on the spot. I was ready for like all the prompts, but I wasn't ready for this prompt. <laughs> the bar we do every week. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not like I was thinking I was going to be making a toast. Um, you, you know what? Here is uh, I'm going to give a self shout out to the yes. big dog for me because I have had so I had a couple of really rough weeks, and today I find myself through the worst of it. Nice. So um, here's to me. Sorry for being so self serving, no, but here's to it. me for persevering, and here's to all of you all with your struggles and that you may persevere mm-hmm. through them. Okay, I've come up with my toast and it's going to sound so weird. But it's based on your hat because your hat has little dragons on it. Yeah. And the dragons kind of look like Ghidorah. Two of his heads. One of his heads is missing. Uh, in God- Godzilla, King of the Monsters. And that made me think of Godzilla movies and how much I like them. So my toast is to Godzilla movies. So here's... <laughs> Not like a dick. Like you just said this like nice positive thing about you know like, what? I mean, and I'm like, yeah, Godzilla. Well, um, you know, we recently watched um the original Godzilla yeah. with uh our friends the Bretties. Uh, that was my first time ever seeing it. It'd been uh, on my watch list for a while, and uh, my my one of my other friends uh earlier this year was trying to get me to get through all the uh all the new monster movies. Uh-huh. So. Uh, I had seen Kong Skull Island, yep. uh, but we watched the uh, 2014 Godzilla, mm-hmm. and then um, Godzilla King of the Monsters. I uh, still haven't seen Godzilla vs. Kong. I like uh, Godzilla vs. Kong. Right. I think it's really good. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're all right. Uh, I don't know if like kaiju movies are really my thing. They're so much my thing. I <laughs> fucking love a kaiju movie. But I, I did really enjoy the, the OG Godzilla. Totally. I am a big fan of practical effects on like mm-hmm. the smallest budget but still getting your uh still getting your point across yeah so that's good a, that's an art uh but yeah here's to uh persevering and godzilla and to persevering through godzilla and to godzilla persevering you want to talk about steps there's a <laughs> we took a lot of steps in that one. Oh my gosh all right well i'll get us started hey yo uh how this works guys is okay. that we basically just have some prompts, uh, some of our favorite or least favorite things about uh, both seasons five of Buffy and season two of Angel, mm-hmm. and uh, we are going to just talk about what what our likes or what our dislikes were. We're going to end it with our overall opinion mm-hmm. on the journey as a whole. Yeah, we'll go back and forth on prompting each other, because that's fun. Mm-hmm. So Jason get us started uh out of these two seasons of television from one from each what is your favorite monster of the week so i feel like uh the i feel like there's um there's probably some that i'm forgetting off the top of my head uh but the one that just sticks out to me on the spot right now Mm -hmm. is uh the cobra that glory made to find rodney. the key yeah rodney um and I, I i think the main reason that i like it uh one he's just kind of like one guy like it's only one of them so mm-hmm. he's special he's special uh we had our little like fun rodney moments but also we had a um i like how he is at times cgi <laughs> and at times practical 
And it very much is kind of like reminiscent. It, it, it like kind of shows Buffy where it is now because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, back in the early seasons of the show, all they had was practical and uh, with like maybe just a very little bit of not great CGI. And mm-hmm. now they have more in their budget for not great CGI. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's funny and um, it's really cool how it's the first kind of hint that, oh, hey, maybe something is up. With this girl who has, uh, who just randomly appeared out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also, like, uh, it, it is kind of fun to, like, see, oh, all the things that Glory can do. I'm going to make a snake yeah. guy. Love it. <laughs> um, yeah, from the Buffy side. Okay, so that was what I was going to say. Okay. So, okay, so my original thing that I was going to say, that I changed my mind because I was like, no, this is, this is against, the, this is cheating. It's against the spirit of things. But now that you took my answer, I'm just going to go for it. Go I'm going to say it. Drusilla. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, right? So, you're not wrong at all. Like, she is just there for the... She's just one episode. So, well, uh, technically she appears in two. Oh, but, fuck, um, you're right. Only one, is a, only one is when she's, like, a threat. Well, I was going to say, like, pr- in the present. Right. So, I... Would I... Is Drusilla a monster of the week? Technically, no... But I am gonna count her for this season because she is the primary antagonist for one episode. Um, so that's my. Uh, There's nothing wrong with that. I I like that answer. Yeah. Um. Uh. What about on the angel side of things? Oh man, I like that was kind of like my answer for all of them. Oh okay. Uh, <laughs> but um. Yeah, like. I do like the uh, kind of mysterious depiction of a senior partner, mm-hmm. um, which is a uh, mild spoiler going forward. We don't see the senior partners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, There's so, still a presence, yeah. but just not a physical one. Exactly. Yeah. They're more of like the uh, the big bads in the background mm-hmm. uh, pulling the strings. And so, uh, yeah, the, the um yeah the, i'd say the senior partner looked like that design is really cool and it's interesting that like we've had references to it up until now and this is probably the only time in the series that we see a senior partner in the flesh yeah um this is not my answer but it was an answer i was coming up with while i was thinking of drusilla that is also cheating it's harmony <laughs> no that's not my actual answer but i was like um, I'm gonna say on the angel side of thing, I really, really like the, um, I can't remember what the demon was called, but the demon in, um, Are You Now or Have You Ever Been? The, yeah. the, the one that fears on, like, feeds on, like, the paranoia yeah. and all that. Uh, he was just so cool with his tentacles and his floating and his men in black fucking ass. <laughs> um, all right. Shall we move on to our next prompt? Yeah. So Harrison, what would you say was the scariest moment and you can go either Buffy or Angel yeah um I'm gonna say it's um uh um Joyce and Dawn being stalked by the the um the Queller demon mm-hmm. um like we the, the the little gross little cockroach fucker um was nasty um but just the way how how dark dark the house was and you know how helpless joyce was in particular and um just it really uh gave us some like 
old school Buffy season one and two like horror movie moments that the show has gotten away from. It, it still touches upon those that, that part of its identity every once in a while, but it really doesn't do it as a matter of course. And I um, I just thought that whole sequence was very upsetting. Uh, yeah. And uh, for me, I got to go with the end of Forever when, um, yeah. like, you know, Dawn spends the entire episode uh, trying to resurrect uh, Joyce. And um, you get this, like, final scene and, uh, like, you know, Buffy's trying to tell her that she's trying to keep things together. Um, and, like, it's dark in the house. And then, like, in the background, what, like, what makes it is you see, like, this silhouette of, mm-hmm. let's say what we all think it is. It's Zombie Joyce. Yeah. And then, like, there's the knock on the door. Buffy immediately turning and saying, Mommy. And, uh, like, as she's going to the door... Dawn realizes that she, like, what she has to do and rips up the picture mm-hmm. and Buffy opens the door and nothing's there. Oh. Um, like, you you could also qualify that for our next uh, I was about moment, to say. But, uh, yeah. But, yeah, the, um, yeah, that's, I, I really do think that, like, just that image of, and it's dealt a lot with in fiction. Like, uh, if you... I, I think probably the biggest thing that comes to mind at this point is Pet Cemetery. I was literally um, <laughs> gonna say Pet Cemetery because I was like, yes to zombie, but like specifically a Pet Cemetery zombie. Yeah, uh, like you know, if if the if your fictional world allows for characters to be resurrected, it's really cool to have the twist of are they? What if they don't come back the way that they were? Yeah, um, in a twisted version. That is what Pet Cemetery is all about. Oh, so, so uh, but yeah, that. That, that did give me the heebie-jeebies. Heebie-jeebie. And I think, once again, an episode that really embraces its horror movie roots um, in a way that really the rest of the seri- the season doesn't. Yeah. Following up the body is a tough, tall task. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I think that I think that episode did it with aplomb. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and if you want to hear our thoughts on that, go back and listen to our episode on Forever and why we think it's a very strong episode. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, that episode is very scary. Uh, uh, the moment is very scary and very heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. So Jason, tell us what you find to be the most heartbreaking moment of the season. You know, there is an obvious answer. There is an obvious answer. There's actually an episode full of (laughs) obvious answers. Um, I'm going to leave that to you. Um, because Mm -hmm. I, uh... The one that got me, um, and I kind of just want to be different and not pick the obvious one, yeah. um, the end of Spiral. Mm-hmm. Uh, just seeing, and honestly what leads into the uh, the weight of the world, like the majority of the plot of that, just seeing Buffy at her lowest. Yeah. Um, because literally ever since Joyce died, and Buffy has found out about Dawn's true nature as the key, she, like, it's been about protecting Dawn. That was, like, one of the last things that her mom said that they had to do. They had to protect her, even Mm -hmm. if she wasn't theirs. And uh, that's why when Glory shows up and takes Dawn um, at the end of Spiral, and Buffy just breaks down, has this mental break... 
one, it doesn't feel out of place. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that like a lot of times characters can have mental breaks in fiction and it can be like, I don't know, almost like a let's, let's like milk out another episode. Right. Uh, but in this case it felt like, yeah, this, this is totally understandable. This is the, this is the lowest that, that Buffy has been. And, uh, yeah, just that, that look on her face at the end is heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, I'm actually going to also pick something that's not the body. Um, okay. and I'm yeah, the, the obvious is like the, like Buffy walking in at the end of, um, at the end uh, of the, I was made to love, you. I was made to love you. And like, you know, just seeing Joyce's body there. Yeah. Leading to the body. Heartbreaking as hell. Yeah. Everything else. And, and it's not to diminish that. I, I just think like, I, I'll put it out there that yes, all of that is like, the most heartbreaking thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but to just, we have a whole episode on that. So I want to give a shout out to two moments, one on Angel and one on Buffy. Mm-hmm. The Angel one is Angel firing the gang. Um, it's just, I can't, I can't with that man right now. Um, well, yeah, because it's <laughs> like he's, you know, you look at where he is at the beginning of the season, end of season one, beginning of season two, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, this is where this is where we need to be. This is our destiny. And Angel somehow finds himself being pulled away from that, whether through the machinations of Wolfram and Hart or, you know, his own folly and hubris. Uh, He fell right into Darla's vagina. Thank you, Walter Bishop. Um, (laughs) uh, But no, my, uh, my other moment, my big one that I want to just talk about mostly is um related to actually the one you said the moment in the weight of the world where buffy explains to willow the significance of the moment of her putting the book on the shelf and that that it's the moment that she gave up essentially Mm -hmm. and um it really it's just really powerful it really does um it's just it's just another example of what you were saying of like it's just all the trauma compounding um and buffy really coming to terms with you know the reality of what she's feeling at the moment that she cannot do anything to save her sister her sister will die and it is her fault um and that's i i it's just even more heartbreaking because yes it comes after buffy or Dawn being taken and Joyce dying and, 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 like all these various traumas mm-hmm. that she's gone and, you through know, just and, this and then season. Like, yeah, just the season. And then like take, keep into account all the crap that she's had to deal with for the last four years. Yeah. You know, um, so this, this, honestly, we could, we could make a whole episode of season five heartbreaking moments mm-hmm. and like fill an hour. Um, but let's not. Let's Let, you on know on some, on some lighter fare. Yeah. Harrison, what was the uh, to you? What was the funniest moment in um, these two seasons? Okay, so um, it's the entire montage of the Scoobies uh, being interviewed by um, the Watchers Council. The Watchers Council, <laughs> specifically, like special bonus points to Anya's fabricated backstory. <laughs> Uh, she was born in Southeast, Indi- uh, Southeast Indiana, uh, to both a mother and a father <laughs> on the 4th of July. 
lots of lots of jokes about their little patriot when she was younger and therefore smaller than she is now um <laughs> and the fact that we get her for the first time her human name uh anya christina emanuela jenkins which is just <laughs> chef's kiss and then the um the lesbian confusion during tara and willow's interview um but just that whole sequence is just that's just comedy. That's comedy. It really is. <laughs> um, for me, I have to go with literally any moment involving Wesley in Guys Will Be Guys. Ah, yes. Um, this was always an episode that stood out, um, even when I hadn't seen it in a while, and I looked forward to when we got to it. Um, if I had to pick a specific moment, obviously I'm referring to when, uh, in the absence of Angel, as he's a uh, working with um the swami uh uh wesley pretends to be angel and obviously hijinks ensue but uh probably one of the best moments is as wesley is like following um the guy into the house the wizard into the house (laughs) and uh and fortunately, the wizard hasn't, like, looked back, but he says, like, I invite you in. And Wes does the immediate, like, huh? yeah. <laughs> like, getting back over the threshold. And then he's like, oh, yes, well, thank you. <laughs> but, yes, him, he's so good in that episode. And uh, it's, I mean, hold on to that goofy image of Wes, because as season, as the end of season two kind of hinted, we got some stuff coming for Mr. Wyndham Price. Mr. Wyndham Price. Um, I would say that I think our listeners agree with you because um, Guys Will Be Guys is one of one of our highest, if if not the highest uh, uh, download or most downloaded episode of, really? of, this, se- of this season. I, I would never have guessed that. Yeah, like, it's, not in a million years. It's I, when I'm when I'm putting in the statistics, I'm always like, whoa, okay. Yeah, hell yeah, guys will be guys. All right, yeah, no, I, I love that though. Um, I don't know if we were like, uh, if we were especially promoting that weekend, <laughs> that weekend. Right. Um, all right, so we've gone through like specific kinds of moments. Um, what, Jason? What would you say is your favorite? Just generally, like your favorite moment of the season. All right, so uh, or seasons, if you wanted yeah. to. Too. All right, um, for season five of Buffy, um. You know, it might be because of uh, just recency or something like that, Uh, but I do think that it kind of boils down to the gift being such a culmination of everything, Mm -hmm. like all of Buffy up till now, uh, given the, uh, the previously on Buffy the Vampire Slayer having scenes from every shots from every episode up Mm -hmm. until then uh but yeah i have to say in the gift when giles and buffy are having their talk Mm. not the not the heated one yeah but the one where buffy is like pouring out like oh she brings up having to kill angel how that was the hardest thing she ever had to do and she says like uh i guess i guess the first slayer was right um the uh death is my gift all i can do is kill people and giles does say i don't think that's um i don't think that's what that's what that means and uh i I believe he does say that he's proud of her yeah um in the midst of all of this and uh and yeah that that was and it's also kind of like again mild spoilers but kind of like the uh 
a moment in which Giles and Buffy have like kind of reached a point in their relationship where it's going to be different going forward. Yeah, yeah that's such a oh, that's such a good moment. Oh, and uh, uh, Angel, um, <laughs> Buffy, of course, is the heartwarming one, <laughs> Angel, uh, and this is going to uh, factor into my favorite episode for Angel, but uh, the moment when. Uh, he's in the elevator with Holland, and mm-hmm. um, Holland says, "Like, yeah, we have to. We're going to like the senior partners' headquarters. Um, we're going to see like where all evil comes from. Uh, and when the uh, doors open, it's literally where they just were. It's Earth, and basically, it's just Holland describing the nature of the world. And this is where all evil comes from. Like the senior partners." don't really create evil they just harvest the evil that's in humanity Mm -hmm. and we've seen angel like over the first half of season two cast his humanity aside um willingly in order to you know take down evil but when he finds out that like humanity and evil are intertwined so it is one of the most sobering moments in all of buffy and angel Mm -hmm. and uh i don't think Buffy ever takes like as head-on of an approach as like this is the nature of the world it's more like kind of it's more like kind of um it's more kind of like subtly inferred throughout uh like you know Buffy's adventures and Mm -hmm. the lessons that she learns but like to have an avatar of evil literally tell you that like yeah so basically humans are evil and we thrive on that that you were never going to win this fight angel that is such a gut punch mm-hmm. yeah uh, but yeah so favorite moments <laughs> <laughs> um so for me uh my favorite is the culmination of the gift yeah that final scene with between buffy and dawn mm-hmm. her monologue the music the just the beautiful imagery of the sun rising um it's just uh, it's it's just all so powerful and so sad, but also with that sun rising, you know, with all of her friends alive, there's also something with the world saved. There's also something very beautiful and hopeful about it. Um, and um, yeah, I just really, really love it. Mm-hmm. Um, my angel moment, it's honestly, if I thought more about it, I could probably come up with something that I'd be like, oh, that's probably more appropriate, but... I don't know. This one just stuck with me, and I'm going with it. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a very brief. It's uh, two lines. Um, it's after um, Angel's. I think the episode is Epiphany, um, where Angel has um, uh, rescued the gang, tried to make a man exactly Uh huh. And he goes to Cordy, and he says, "Are you all right? She's been injured." And she says, "No." And then she looks at him and says, you really hurt my feelings. My, my, oh. Don't, ooh, Angel, you tested me. I, I know we're in a good place with you now, right now, Angel. I know it's fine. I know you made your amends, but he tested me this season. Um, and no, it's just, it's, it's just such a small, pow- small moment, but it's really powerful. And I think that's um, a testament to how, when you have, 
really strong writers, really, really well um, drawn characters and the right performers in the role, a simple exchange like that, two lines of, are you okay? No, you really hurt my feelings, can be a deeply, deeply moving and profound moment. And uh, and yeah, like I love that that's just another indication of how the relationship between Cordelia and the characters on Angel is so different and honestly so much richer than what she had in mm-hmm. Buffy. Yeah. And that's... That's one of the that's one of the best things about Angel is uh, Cordelia's character arc through these seasons. So great, and you're right. Like I enjoy her. I, I I enjoyed when she dated Xander. Like I thought they were a fun pairing. I enjoyed her interactions with Buffy. I enjoyed her interactions with. Will. I always enjoyed her interactions with characters. But you're the right. Characters been so elevated. They never had a deep connection, and that's what she has now. And that is honestly, it's not just. You know, the fact that she's gotten more empathetic and braver and smarter. And it's it's also the fact that she's connected. That That's what that's what truly has brought the character to life. Um, like, you know, it'd be really easy to be like, oh, she's a super badass now. She mm-hmm. knows how to kick and use swords. But no, it's, it's, it's the connections to the other characters that makes her and all the characters deeper and richer and more vibrant. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Well, uh, we talked about we've talked about moments. Uh, how about some characters? Yeah. How about let's hand out some MVPs. Uh, Harrison, who is your favorite? Who is your MVP of the recurring cast? Um, basically, people that don't show up in the credits of mm-hmm. uh, Buffy and Angel. All right. So. It 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 breaks my heart that to not give it to my dear beloved glorificus and the only season she is eligible for it um she's my favorite big bad so here's the honorable mention to the beast herself glory but it is joyce summers over on the buffy side um this was the season for joyce joyce has obviously always been with us she has always been a presence. She's always given... Uh, Christine Sutherland has always given a great performance. I mean, the, um, the the Slayer coming out scene at the end of season two is a masterclass of acting between these two women. But this season, we just... Obviously, we spent more time with her. There was so much focus on her in the first two-thirds of the season. Um, and we saw her... Um, you know, we've already seen uh, her relationships with Buffy, but we saw um, her... Uh, and this is really credit to Christine, um, the, how vibrant her relationship to Dawn was in such a short amount of time that they got to spend together. Um, and um, we got to see her vulnerability through her illnesses and, um, and how, she, um, how she leaned on Buffy's strength during that time and that, and that just further deepened their relationship. And so I just felt like Joyce became even more of a fully realized character this season than she's been before. And, um, and that's, that's, I think that's a perfect marriage of acting and writing right there. Um, and so the fact that we did lose her so suddenly, so senselessly, um, it just, it feels like to, uh, borrow a, a future episode title feels like there's a hole in the world yeah. without her there. And so, 
I love you. I love you, Glory. Second place. Second place. But, um, yeah, it's Joyce. Joyce Summers. Uh, for me, I'm going to have to go with uh, our delightful host of Caritas, mm-hmm. Krevlorn Swath of the Deathlaw Clan. Yeah. Um, what a fantastic addition to the world of Angel. Um, I love so much about him. Uh, and, I mean, the good news is, like, he is going to be in the series going forward. No worries Ooh. about that. Um, but, yeah, I love how... At first, he's kind of like fulfilling the roles of the pro- of the oracles, mm-hmm. uh, but it's such an interesting way of doing it. I love the idea that um, you have your whole self on display when you are singing, mm-hmm. and that like is able to reveal your destiny, what you need to do. Um, I do love, yeah, and uh, also just how. Lorne is an obviously queer character. Yeah. Um, getting to have, like, a character that is not just queer, but, like, holy shit, that guy is queer. Yeah. Um, to have that sort of representation. Because, yeah, I mean, obviously you've got your... Obviously you've got uh, uh, Tara and Willow in Buffy, but um, they always seem to come across, like, you know, they're not... <laughs> I'm sorry if this, if this sounds offensive, but they're not flagrantly gay like well, they um sometimes they are they're but, not they're not um they're not as like fl- there's no there's out no, or not out they're not as there's there's not a sense of pride from willow and tara not to say that they're like ashamed of themselves yeah but yeah. there's something about lauren that he is so unequivocally himself yes and and he makes no apologies for it he is that's who he is and He's living his best fucking life. Yeah, and I and I also like the idea of like you know, a character that is like a uh, whether it was intended or not, a character that is uh, probably pansexual. Yeah, because um, that absolutely is, that is a uh, that is a um, that is a section of people that does not get probably had zero representation at this time and. Uh, it doesn't really have that much representation now. Absolutely, uh, very much Jack Harkness. Like, yeah, I think I can four think years early. Jack Harkness, um, David Rose from. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so that just immediately made me think of Shit's Creek when he's like explaining to uh, <laughs> to um, oh god, why am I forgetting the name of the mayor? Uh, Roland. Roland. Yeah, I was like explaining. It was either him or his dad who was explaining to him, like, "Oh yeah, he's a pansexual." It's like, "Oh, is that where you're like in love with cookware or something?" <laughs> um, there's an episode of Will of Grace where um, uh, there's a similar joke where Karen and Will hook up with the same guy, and they like confront him about it, and he explains that he's pansexual. And Garrett's like, oh my god, he's been humping my pants! Um, then he wants to have a threesome with them, but they do not do it. Um, yeah, good choice. Yeah. Good choice. Thank you. Love um, Alright. Um, Alright, so, same question, but this time for our main cast, our, our accredited, accredited leads. Alright. This is tough. Um... I feel like every season I'm tempted to say Buffy. <laughs> um, you know what? Fuck it. It. I. I 
I can't not say Buffy because yeah, she was this asked so much of Sarah. This season asked so much of Sarah between like just having to deal with all the trauma, but still being like the hero and Buffy's journey culminated in this moment, like mm-hmm. in this season. Um, we found, and I'll, obviously there's more Buffy adventures to come. There is a, uh, just something about the performance that Sarah gives. Um, we can talk about the body, can talk about the gift, uh, we can talk about my favorite episode uh, that I will reveal in just a little bit. <laughs> but um, just, I mean, people... I feel like at this time, genre shows were very much maligned mm-hmm. and not considered to be like, oh, they're not up there with things like The Sopranos or uh, or The West Wing as um, really great uh, showcases of acting. That That statement is erroneous. Um, yeah. Like, I think Sarah Michelle Gellar is what the performance that she gives, especially in this season, is one of the best in television. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that right now. I, I don't care what you guys think. This is. She was fantastic. Yeah. Um, so I. I'll, I'll choose a different answer, but the, I agree, though. Mm-hmm. It's, it's Sarah's best season, in my opinion. Um, it is. Um, uh, it's Buffy also just has the best arc this season. Yeah. She grows the most, which is incredible to say, considering how much she's grown mm-hmm. um, over the course of the series. Um, to to your comments about that, um, this was the season that got Sarah Michelle Gellar her only major award nomination for this role, which was a Golden Globe. Nomination. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. she did not win. She lost to Celia Ward. Um, for the television show Once and Again. Not familiar with that. Not familiar either. Um, but she was up against Jessica Alba for Dark Angel, Lorraine Bracco for The Sopranos, Amy Brenneman, I love Amy Brenneman for Judging Amy, and Edie Falco for The Sopranos. So, I mean, there's a lot of talent there. Yeah. Um, and I do mean this with no disrespect. I'm a little surprised to see Jessica Alba in there. I didn't, I wasn't aware that Dark Angel was a, a, like an award I well given show it is. I do not. The, I am not saying that to imply that Jessica Alba was not worthy. I was no, just no, I, surprised I think, that that show got included. Yeah, I think um, from what I know of the Golden Globes, and there have been a couple years when I like you know we had like Golden Globe parties and we like tried to guess what it was. Uh, the Globes, whether in their nomination choices or their win choices, they do like the new shiny stuff. And uh, Dark Angel was only on for like one season, wasn't it? Or, one or two. Yeah. It so was not a long it, runner. So I feel like this has to be like one of the, uh, like maybe it was a brand new show and that, and uh, you know, just Gallup is a fine actress. Yeah. So if she's like able to have a great performance in a new show, then I'm not saying that like the Emmys are going to come knocking on your door, but the Golden Globes, like you could be good, good yeah. there for the Golden Globes. That's a good point. Um, so yeah, ooh, who am I going to pick if I don't pick Buffy? I mean, I, th- um. I think you know. You already talked about one of her quotes, so. Who are you thinking I'm going to say? Cordy. 
She she's yeah. always been kind of like your go-to to keep praise on. She is, but I'm also ooh, I'm also like maybe it's Angel though. Uh, yeah, because I mean honestly, I am I, I you know I, I I'm gonna go with Angel actually. Okay, all right. Because for similar reasons, the yes. show this season asked a lot of David, and he really delivered, and and yeah, we got. A really significant arc for Angel. The the biggest arc he's I would say ever gotten on the sh- on either show. And I and I yes I am including the Buffy season two arc because that's that's not much of an arc for Angel. Yeah, that's, like that that very much is um is a Buffy arc where Angel's like you know he's the antagonist. Yes, and this is an Angel arc where he's he's the antagonist. The antagonist, but but we are take we're. That it's through his lens, for the most part. One could say that he breaks bad in this season. I, one could say. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm gonna go with Angel. Good Listen, pick. I think Cordy's got times to shine. Um, I probably picked her last season, so I think it's. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, I think the um, dishonorable mention in this category, uh, <laughs> and I'm only saying this because. I feel like her lack of screen time is what's dishonorable is Willow. Mm. Uh, Because I remember um, there are very few times when we were even bringing up Willow. Yeah. um, In the, uh, throughout the course of the season, like it felt like her first real kind of actual story happened uh, in either family or uh, triangle. Yeah. Um, And family was more like kind of, you know, a terror episode. Mm -hmm. So. And in triangle, she was, sharing that spotlight with Anya. Yeah. And um I do love the fact that she had that that she was the one that had to bring Buffy back in the weight mm-hmm. of the world. But I feel like this is a crucial point in Willow's development as a character because guys, just a heads up, next season's gonna be insane for Willow. Mm-hmm. So it just feels like I I I had I did not remember this from my first watch through, but it feels like she is criminally underused yeah. in this season. Very little Willow. I, I agree. Although the real dishonorable mention is Riley, but the less well, the less said, the yeah. better. All right. So Jason, what are your favorite episodes from this season? From season five of Buffy, season two of Angel. Okay. Um, I, as I said before, I was going to reveal my favorite Buffy episode of this season. And uh, going with No Place Like Home. Yeah, but yeah. BTW. Neither one of us has the body as our favorite episode, no. but we gotta give it the honorable mention. Yeah, fuck This yeah. is constantly regarded by several non-fans as like the most important episode of Buffy. And I feel like non-fans would even say it's the greatest episode of Buffy. Fans, there's fans who would say that it's mm-hmm. the greatest episode of Buffy, and it is, it is greatness. It is like, yeah. um, like I will, I will acknowledge like, uh, you know, The Godfather, maybe one of the best movies ever made. It's not my favorite movie, yeah, but I acknowledge how good it is, absolutely. And I'm doing the exact same thing for the body because I feel like if neither of us is the body, <laughs> people are gonna be like, the fuck is this shit? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, that truly. I mean, I, I was going on about uh, Sarah was a master class of acting in this season. That is a master class of television. Mm-hmm. Directing, writing, acting, everything. Yeah. Um, and uh, music choices 
or lack thereof. Well, I mean, it, it was a choice. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it, it was it was great. Yeah. However, I would put that to, I will say, I think it is, as far as um, moving the needle on the landscape of television as a whole, I would say The Body is the most important episode mm-hmm. for that. Um, um, but yeah, I everything you said, I second. Yeah, uh, my favorite episode, however, for this season is going to be No Place Like Home. Uh, we are introduced to the Beast Yay. at last, um, and God damn, is she glorious. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is not the reason why this is my favorite episode. Um, the reason boils down to the scene when Buffy casts the spell that allows her to see if there is anything supernatural uh, because she's obviously worried for Joyce's health. And um, so Willow de- it's Willow who gives her the spell, right? That uh, uh, It's Anya. Oh, it is Anya. Actually. Okay, yeah. But Anya um, gives her the spell to uh, reveal any supernatural presence. And um, so then we have, quite frankly, this brilliant scene of... Um, of Buffy walking through the house and seeing, noticing that like pictures and are changing and uh, Dawn is like fading in and out of them. She sees her mom, there's nothing around her, but then she sees, then she sees Dawn and sees like, she's fading in and out. It's such a great way to just like do this reveal. Mm -hmm. And, um, and uh, I also love how um, they have, like, once Buffy does find out what Dawn truly is, she doesn't immediately reveal it to her, but she does, like, have that conversation with her where she, like, apologizes and uh, they have this, like, nice little heart-to-heart. And, you know, so many people give this season shit because of Dawn. Mm-hmm. They say, oh, Buffy has jumped the shark, but if you are patient... And you get to this episode, okay. you'll see that they did. There was no shark jumping whatsoever. This was. I think it's brilliant. I, I think. I think it's a. I think it's such a good move by the uh, by the writing team, and I and I'm and I'm not going to argue with how they did it. Like they had Dawn randomly show up at the end of season five or at the end of Buffy versus Dracula, the season yeah. five premiere, and um, like they. They put their money where their mouth was with that, and I'm sure like people were just like, "Gosh, who's this annoying little sister <laughs> Buffy? Why is she just here all of a sudden?" And this is where they like kind of reveal, "Oh, hey, there's more to this than meets the eye," and it's such a good way to do it. Yeah, it's brilliant. 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 Um, do you want to do your favorite Angel episode, or should I do my favorite Buffy episode first? Um, I'll go with my favorite Angel episode. Okay. Uh, we uh, I already made reference to this before, but it's reprise. Um, the, this is a, uh, oof. this, this contains said elevator scene and it is the culmination of, um, Angel's arc mm-hmm. of him casting aside his humanity for this, what ends up being mostly fruitless attempt at taking down Wolfram and Hart. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we just saw the episode where didn't say a didn't say a word on screen, and uh, ends it by setting Darla and Drusilla on fire. Heck yeah, and 
like as metal as that was like in this it's yeah like angel i believe does angel also like um just like barge into the uh barge into like the new angel investigations office and try to like take a book from Uh them or something yeah and that just goes to show just how how far he's fallen from them yeah um but yeah it's it's fantastic and uh it lead like it really does it's such a great character moment because it's while buffy had a similar moment when you mentioned in the gift or in the mm-hmm. weight of the world how like this is the moment that she gave up there was kind of that moment in this for angel too yeah. and uh loved it yeah I, I this is what this is what angel's all about like buffy may be about um overcoming uh overcoming the odds stat when they're stacked against you angel is more like knowing that you're not going to win but still fighting anyway yeah and this kind of like encapsulated encapsulates it yeah it's a great choice because it's also the episode after the elevator scene where he sleeps with darla yeah um and you're right because in the next episode he says it wasn't perfect happiness it was perfect despair very much his lowest moment mm-hmm. um for me i mean everyone already knows my yep. favorite episode is the gift it's my favorite episode of the series it's just everything it needs to be it is there's there's character beats for everyone um that are that feel earned and true to them it uh you know we there's um there's humor buff uh you know glory knocking the buffy bot's head off and <laughs> the slayer's a robot uh so did good. you all know that <laughs> um and then yeah culminating in this final moment that i've already talked about so we don't need to um, I just, I legitimately think it's a perfect episode of television. I, I, six out of, I almost said six out of ten. Um, six out of five. That's how <laughs> fractions work. Um, <laughs> um, over on the angel side of things, um, are you now or have you ever been? Um, it's an episode that we, we talked about when we were, um, when we, we're in it we were like this episode's more important than it seems like yes it's introducing the hyperion set which fuck yeah i fucking love the hyperion i set. love it too but it also is there's all this groundwork laid in this episode for the darkness that overcomes angel throughout the season mm-hmm. those flashbacks really show um show how you know how he got there in the past so that when he starts doing it here in the present it doesn't feel so out of nowhere and it and it shows like the cape like how far his apathy can go even when he has a soul exactly because i mean you know the entire reason that the uh that the uh the calderash uh yeah that that they cursed him with the soul in the first place is to feel um like guilt and uh for all the things that he's done but now he's like at a point where even though he has a soul he he doesn't feel guilt for what he lets that demon do to the people in the hyperion yeah so it's just yeah and it's just a strong story like the flashbacks are interesting mm-hmm. like they are very very interesting um and we do have um just the i can't remember her name but um the the woman he meets in the hotel who's still there in the present day and um they that the relationship between those characters it's um very impressive how that relationship was formed and had a nice arc over the course of one episode i just think it's a really strong one it's one of my favorites 
and yeah, I think probably my favorite episode of the series. I don't know. I can't. I uh, I, I I'm I'm putting it there right now. I'm willing to. We've got three more seasons to go. Mm-hmm. You know. Um. All right, Harrison. We've had our cheers. Now let's have our cheers. Yeah. Um. This, I think, was actually harder than last season, as I've mentioned before. <laughs> but um, least favorite episodes of the respective seasons of Buffy and Angel. Yeah, so I mentioned at the start of the season that I think every episode of this season, of season five of, uh, of season five um, of Buffy is really, is good. Um, good to perfect is like where I think that this season largely lists. I think I said, I was like, I'm willing to be wrong, but I think every episode I'm going to give at least three stars. And I do believe I may be stuck with that. I can't remember. Um, but... You probably like keep track of these things. Uh, right. <laughs> with that said, though, there were episodes that were um, uh, less strong than others. And I think for me, kind of the bottom of this season was Into the Woods. Um, Into the Woods was held afloat by some really, a really, really strong performance from Sarah. Um, some really great relationship momentum for, um, Xander and Anya. Um, that final scene between the two of them is really, really good stuff. Um, but but the the Riley Riley of it all. It's just so much Riley. It's so much Riley. And there's so much of Riley blaming Buffy for everything that's gone wrong in their relationship and Buffy just accepting that that's true. And while I'm delighted that the episode ends with him on a helicopter off to the fucking jungle, it's just, it's a bit of a slog to get there. Um, So yeah, Into the Woods is, I just, I, I, the few, the less I needed, the less I had to see Riley's, Riley getting sucked off by vampires, the happier I would have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and Angel, uh, happy anniversary! Easily, you bad. took you took mine. <laughs> yeah, sorry, <laughs> but bad story. Uh, creepy. Like, I I was not a, a big fan of the way that the weird creep gets off more or less scot free. He gets dumped, but like. The episode seems to make me want to feel bad for the this guy, and I'm like, no, I really don't. I really, really don't, um, because everything, everything you want me to feel bad for him about is just him being really entitled and f- taking ownership over this woman's life. So you know, it's a little bit of a some red flags there, Joss. <laughs> Uh, um are you good yeah okay um for me uh so my original pick for this uh for my least favorite buffy episode because i i had to like scroll through and try to find like a weak episode in the bunch and uh harrison already taken into the woods uh (laughs) so um my original pick was listening to fear uh but i've thought more about it and uh I don't think that episode is as bad as I thought it was. At first, I was like, oh, it's silly, like an alien maybe or mm-hmm. anything. But honestly, um, if we're going with like overall weakest, I got to go with Out of My Mind. Mm, um, yeah. 
because once again it is a riley centric episode um the minute that the initiative the minute that the initiative like became a non-factor riley pretty much became a Mm non-factor like he feels so out of place for almost the entirety of his time in this season and uh this is one where it's like oh god like i need to save riley but at the same time like uh you know spike is like wants to get the chip removed from his head it basically just feels like here's a lot of leftover stuff from season four Mm -hmm. that we want to get through and i honestly just didn't care yeah i remember when we were going into that episode being really excited because i was like oh my gosh this is great this one's great it's the one where spike and harmony kidnap a doctor what fun yeah and then as we were watching it i remember being like oh fuck that's so much riley that takes up so like that is good the harmony and spike kidnap a doctor has a lot of fun stuff in it but it takes up so little real estate in the actual episode takes up a ton of real estate in my mind um (laughs) but in the actual episode nope what about angel um so i actually don't uh this is another one where there's actually like a pretty decent amount of good episodes Mm -hmm. and uh picking one is uh is hard but uh it's kind of like at this point between the thin deadline or the shroud of ramon Mm um you know i think i'm gonna like my original pick was the Shroud of Ramon, but I think that that stuck out because it more just kind of seemed like this is a filler episode. Yeah. That was such a filler episode, whereas I think the uh, the Thin Deadline is actually kind of bad. Yeah. Um, I get that, like, it's... It, one, it brings back Kate, uh, and not to, like, knock on her as a character or anything, but... We did uh, enough of that this season. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There are, like, a couple of moments in it, and, uh, was that, like, Kate's last episode? No, I think redefinition Okay, was. it was, yeah, it was later. Yeah, okay, but yeah, like, the, the whole zombie cops thing, that's silly, and, and, uh, you've got, like, the other stuff that's happening, like, the, like, Angel, like, Angel Investigations is trying to help that homeless shelter, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, it feels like... It feels very similar to like the episode in season one where uh, all the cops are like letting their emotions out. Yeah, sense and uh, sensitivity. Yes, yeah, sense and sensitivity, and uh, it it feels like they were trying to make a point about police violence, but they weren't making it. Yeah. Um, they, they it wasn't as powerful a point as it could have been, and uh, yeah, like the police corruption, it, it just seemed like a very roundabout way of getting there, mm-hmm. and it was kind of dumb yeah uh so yeah like it's it's one of those things like i literally forgot about it until (laughs) i was scrolling through and probably the most important thing about this but other than like you know kate i don't even know where like kate and angel were at the end of it but oh that's when kate was like she was fired from the force i think i think so yeah yeah um but uh we're about to be yeah but the um yeah the thing I think the thing that sticks out most of that is, like, that's when Wes got shot. Yeah. And uh, that was a thing for a while. That's a big... That's the takeaway. <laughs> yeah. Um, whose turn is it to prompt? Uh, it is yours. Okay. <laughs> um, Jason, which episode this season 
uh, was your favorite to record? Which of our episodes was your favorite? So I think uh, now we can give the body its due, um, even though we kind of have already. <laughs> um, we, the body was such an, a unique episode to record because, you know, and I think we probably mentioned this on like on air, but uh, we actually had to think long and hard about how we were going to tackle that episode because mm-hmm. you know we are we are very much about like hey let's like go lighthearted into this even the serious moments let's kind of undercut it with maybe a dick joke or something mm-hmm. um and uh we like to keep these you know because if we're like completely somber throughout an episode review you guys probably wouldn't want to listen to yeah. us um but uh yeah tackling the body was going to be tough because that that episode is so different and its content is so um sad for lack of a better word <laughs> and uh i listened to some of it and even after we recorded it i felt very good about it mm-hmm. i feel like i mean talk about buffy and angel coming a long way i feel like we've come a long way yeah. from and uh i feel like we tackled it the best way that we could and i'm pr- i was proud of that yeah i was too it was one of the few episodes i listened to after it went out there mm-hmm. after it had been edited um and it was a scary one to go into um because you're right we do try to keep it light we, we talk about serious things but i mean at the end of the day we're two very good longtime friends is shooting the shit about our one of our favorite tv shows um two of our favorite tv shows two of our favorite tv shows yeah <laughs> um but it is important when you know when we need to take a, a step back from lightheartedness um yeah, and I think we did that for the body while still making, you know, I think we still, where we could find some humor, and um, we definitely did. For me, um, my favorite episode to record, I, I almost always pick an episode where we have a guest. Because, Absolutely. Um, just because, it, you know, it's shaking things up. It's always fun to have a guest. Um, and in this case, we had two guests, and that was Triangle. Yes. Because um, <laughs> that came from that came toxic. What a toxic man! So one of the one of the big reasons is uh, Grace providing a new catchphrase uh, for Spike for season Spike. five storyline. What a toxic man! Um, and um, and it was just it was fun. It was um, we've always enjoyed having Grace and Ben on the show. Um, but having them both on at the same time was just, it was a new dynamic, and I and it felt like a really fun one. But even though we were having a lot of fun, we also managed to get in there and have um, a pretty um, in depth discussion about queer identity and um, by erasure, by erasure, and um, and the depiction of queerness in the year two thousand versus the year two thousand and twenty two. And um, so I, I, I was really proud to be able, for us to be able to take what is a very silly episode of Buffy, a very broad one um, um, that hit differently for different people. I certainly liked it more than Ben. <laughs> like, we, we, we came out like total opposite of the opinions, but we were still able to have a great discussion while still having fun. Um, and I... I came away from that one just really happy about, you know, I, I brought them on to talk about bi erasure specifically as it related to Willow, and both of them took that and ran with it, um, and that conversation became so much more than I thought it would be, which was awesome. By the way, if um, if you guys do go back and listen to that, and 
wonder like why I sound a little dumbfounded during that conversation is because I had no idea that that was the main reason why Grace and Ben were brought on. I thought that like, oh yeah, we're having everybody together. And, you know, I guess as a straight, as a straight person, I never like, you know, even considered the idea of bi erasure, but I did learn a lot through that discussion and uh, when you guys like it all said your bit, then you all looked at me and you're like, well, Jason, what do you think? I'm like, am I? <laughs> I don't know about that. But um, no, I think we were like, what do you think, Jason? And you were like, um, I don't. He was like, you were like, I don't really have an opinion. I was just happy to listen and learn. And we were all like, yes, correct. <laughs> I, I think I did like kind of point out how um, the depiction of bisexual characters in general um, before fairly recently has been, uh, not like not the best. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like the thing that kind of like, thing that kind of like sticks out to me is, um, in dodgeball of all things, mm-hmm. uh, the yeah. main female character in that, um, like, uh, I think uh, one of the, uh, who's like, you know, meant to be Vince Vaughn's love interest. Um, Missy Biles character, right? Maybe I don't I don't know the actress off the top of my head, but uh, like one of the other teammates is like, oh man, a girl girl that hot and capable, she's got to be a lesbian, and like she keeps kind of and that and that keeps like coming up throughout, and then at the very end of the episode, or excuse me, at the end of the movie, um, after Average Joe's wins, uh, you know, like her girlfriend comes down and like you know they kiss and the teammate's like, ah, I told you she's gay, and she's like, I'm not gay, I'm bisexual, and then like starts kissing vince vaughn so i feel like i feel like in the minds of especially guys like bisexual is the jackpot right. um uh, when it comes to like a bisexual woman so uh not the greatest not not the greatest way to uh to try to like displace bisexuality not indeed. not as like the uh not as the grand prize for uh creepy guys yeah bisexual or yeah but bi- like Bisexuals have not been treated well by media and, quite frankly, not been treated well by um, the queer community. The queer community. Um, there, yeah, I, we're not going to get into that now. This is not the forum for it. But yeah. I, think, I think we did get into it uh, in Triangle, though. Yeah. So, hey, listen to Triangle. So it's Christine Taylor. Okay. Missy Pyle is in that film. She plays Franz Stalinovskovich. David Dixovichki. Is that the, the is like, that like the female dodgeball player on the Cobras? Yes, I think so. The God, I don't even remember. I almost said Cobra Kai. I'm like, no, no, that's Karate Kid. Yeah, she's she yeah she's the female contest contestant, the female player on like the the antagonist. Team. Yeah. Um, Globo Jim. All right. Um, all right. Take us out with our last prompt, Jason. Okay. Um, Harrison, what are your even though we've made this very clear throughout this season, what are your overall impressions? Um, these are my two favorite seasons of both shows. Um, for Buffy, I think it's, it's the show at its most mature. Um, um, even in season six and seven, which are also very much mature, um, there's some missteps in both of those seasons. Um, this is Buffy at its most mature, at its most confident. Um, at... Um, uh, it really, you can tell, you can tell that they looked back at season four and went, okay, what did we learn 
and where do we cor- how do we course correct um and yeah I, I honestly i think um this season would be more well regarded um by by casual fans i think i think more engaged fans who revisit the show frequently do acknowledge five as being really strong if not it's, the best it, it's the deep space nine of the buffy <laughs> right <laughs> the buffy exactly seasons. and i do but i do think for casual fans who only watched back in back in the day or or watch every once in a while or you know i do think the some of the some of season four the sourness of season four like kind of they come into season five with that sourness from season four um which is an easy thing to do. I think you see that a lot where people, a show hits a rough season and people go, well, it sucks now. And then they just never let go of that mindset. Sometimes we just have to allow shows to have a bad season. Mm -hmm. Like, um, uh, Angel's going to have a bad season and then it's going to have a really good one. So like (laughs) sometimes a show just needs to have a bad season. I mean, obviously you don't want it to, but we need to, Acknowledge that that doesn't necessarily mean that the show's bad forever. Sometimes it does. Sometimes the show has a shitty season and then never recovers. Mm-hmm. High heroes. Um, but um, but that's not the case with Buffy, in my opinion. I think it comes off of its fourth season incredibly confident in the story it's telling, in the arc of its characters. Um, and, you know, even characters like Willow, who don't get utilized as much throughout the season. Um, the way I, I do think the times that Willow is utilized are really strong and really powerful. Um, so, yeah, and I just, this is our protagonist. This is Buffy at the at the peak, uh, for, in my opinion, of, you know, of writing for the character, of Sarah's performance, of all of it. I just, everything in this season, for the most part, comes together for me. Over on the Angel side, I think you're, we see something similar happen to Angel as what we saw in Buffy's second season. A bit of a wobbly first season, and then coming into the second season with a sense, one, like like on Buffy season five, a sense of confidence. Um, in this case, though, it is a, okay, we got through that first year. We did it. We, we're established. We have our cast. Um, we have, we know... We know what the show is. We brought we had our characters at a really great place um, at the end of the last season where they're very clear about what their mission is. But we've also ended the season with the introduction of Darla, the reintroduction of Darla. So you go into the season immediately knowing, okay, I know where the characters are and how they're feeling and what their goals are. But I also know that there's this thing that they don't know about. So immediately that's just like, ooh, that's good storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. The the season had a few rougher episodes, um, but I'd say it's more consistently good than Buffy's second season as far as, like, ratio of good episodes to bad. Mm-hmm. We, like, you know, the third to last episode of the season wasn't, go fucking fish! <laughs> um, so yeah, I just think strong, confident seasons great arcs for our leads and and good arcs for our supporting characters as well. I mean, we see a lot of growth everywhere. That's my feelings. All right. <laughs> yeah, um, for four years, uh, these uh, series aired at the same time. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, this is probably the only one of those four years in which both uh, both series had phenomenal seasons at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it, it is kind of like, even though I will say that um, Still Hold Season Two is my favorite episode of Buffy, and Season Five is my favorite episode as my favorite season of Angel. Mm-hmm. This might be the height of the Buffy verse. Yeah. Um, as a whole. Uh, we don't have too much crossover because uh, everybody's kind of like they've got their own thing yeah. going on. Uh, but no, um, yeah, like pretty much what she said. Uh, it's kind of crazy to think um, how Buffy can go from an all-time low in mm-hmm. a lot of season four to what is accomplished in season five. Mm-hmm. Um, Angel does like get out of its growing pains and uh and yeah like i wish that uh we had as much um simultaneous excellence in the next two uh years of the buffy verse um that's not to say that there aren't like great moments yeah but it's the consistency is never um is never as present as it is in this yeah uh yeah like the while um season two of buffy still makes me incredibly emotional um i think i think i possibly get more feels Mm -hmm. in season five because i think it just kind of involves being older it absolutely does viewing Um, it from adult eyes we grew up with like we grew up as as the show did and uh things hit differently when you're older like um seriously go watch some of your old disney movies or read some of like your uh Read some of like your like books you haven't read since maybe high school or even before that, mm-hmm. and uh, you'll see that uh, things are very much different when you have more life experience. Uh, my favorite, my favorite instance of this is probably when I uh, did a rewatch of Big Fish as an adult, mm-hmm. and uh, I had seen it shortly after it came out, and I was like still in grade school, and uh, oh boy, yeah. Um, that movie has all the feels and, uh, yeah, I love seeing Angel come into its own. Yeah. Like I love seeing it become like we had hints of it in season one, but there was, as you said, like trying to figure out what it was trying to be mm-hmm. in season two. It is, it's got what it is. Yeah. Like, um, especially like making gun a main member of the, of the crew. Um, and you know, even getting like the introductions of Lauren and later Fred. Mm-hmm. Um, like the show is very much Angel and it will be like it is. This is we talked about at the end of season one of Angel. <laughs> this is like that we had to get through season one in order for the show to become what it is. Yeah. And starting in season two, it's like, you know, when you think of Angel, this is what you think of. And and even as much as I love Becoming and all of the stuff in uh, the Angelus arc of, of Buffy, when I primary think when I primarily think of the character of Angel, I think of what he does on his own series. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so I overall fantastic um, seasons from both. Yeah, you mentioned um, the fact that there are fewer crossovers this season, and um, Angel really coming into its own. I think right those two things are not or those two things are connected Mm -hmm. this show needs fewer crossovers because angel can stand on its own now the crossovers that we do get are great yeah i i and i love how they're small 
Exactly. They, like, they're small, but they're just so appropriate. Um, Angel's spending the night of, uh, of Joyce's funeral with Buffy right. until the sun rises. I love that. Um, Willow showing Willow being in the Hyperion to uh, mm-hmm. give Angel the news of Buffy's death. And uh, even, like, you know, uh, Cordelia calling Willow to yeah. find, finding out about Harmony. Exactly. The, the show... I made a I made a distinction during one of the the crossovers last season um, that the show doesn't have there are crossovers but the show doesn't need to rely on crossover events mm-hmm. um, and if anyone doesn't remember the the way I clarified that is like a crossover event is where both episodes of the crossover are like essentially one story mm-hmm. you know. I, I think the very the, much the Jim of Amara storyline. Exactly. Yeah. I think the the example I made of like I made it used an Arrowverse example, and I was like Felicity going to being in an episode of mm-hmm. of the Flash is not a crossover event. It is a crossover. Crisis on Earth X. That's an event. Yeah. So yeah, the Gem of Amara that was event. The Faith stuff that was an event. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that, I mean this season the only quote unquote crossover event that we get is Fool for Love and Darla. And even then, they're only thematically um, related in that they are flashbacks about a member of Angel's old group um, and that they share a flashback that just has different contexts depending on what show you're watching. Otherwise, it is just a character, you know, Faith appearing at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Willow's phone call. So, um so yeah, I think that's just a testament on the fact that they, there was confidence in the show that it mm-hmm. didn't need to be tethered to its parent show anymore, except for little details yeah. when it mattered. So I think we've. I think that was a good season. I think yeah, it was a good pair of seasons. I, yeah, like the let's let's close the book on this on these bad boys. I what a what a fun journey it was. Absolutely, like especially. Like I said, um, m- several times throughout, uh, through especially in our Buffy episodes, it has been really fun to do, especially Buffy season five with you, because I know it's your favorite season. I know the gift is your favorite episode, and I, and it was really fun to like share your joy in that, mm-hmm. um, because Thanks. I think one of my favorite things and why I like being on this podcast so much is talking with uh i love talking with people about the things that they love mm-hmm. and i love when people tell me why they love the things <laughs> that they love and uh yeah this is really fun and and yeah like my first watch through of season five uh back when i was in college wasn't the uh it wasn't as memorable as this one has been but yeah like i'm i'm right there with you like season five is just fantastic television yeah and uh same for season two of angel well, I and I've enjoyed doing this with you as well. It's um, it's it's exciting to get to talk about this thing that I am very passionate about um, with someone who um, who shares and accepts my passion, mm-hmm. um, and it really is a great outlet for me to not dump all of these thoughts and feelings on my husband. <laughs> <laughs> Sean better fucking appreciate me. <laughs> all right, well. Thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. We'll be back for our regular coverage in November, November 10th. 
Um, we're taking a bit of a break, as we always do between seasons, because this takes up a lot of our time. Yeah. And, um, we're tired. We deserve it. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna enjoy spooky season. <laughs> yes. Uh, but we'll be back with Buffy season six and Angel season three. Um, just for listeners, um, we've already discussed, um, the show aired on different networks, so they no longer aired the episodes on the same night. Um, Jason and I are going to take a look at like what the airing schedule was and determine what the most appropriate way to do these episodes. If we're going to continue to do one of each show, um, or if we're going to go in the episode that season aired, um, uh, there are a couple yeah. of good watch orders online. I know yeah. the one that, uh, the one that I did, uh, was very helpful, especially in, obviously this is a little ways away, but season seven of Buffy and season yeah. four. That's Angel. where their schedules got real wonky. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, but, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to we'll it. We'll cross it when we come to it. And we might, you know, so, so if, if our release schedule looks a little different than it's been, please don't be shocked. We know <laughs> you guys are here for us. <laughs> <laughs> It's still going to be us. Yes. All right. Uh, you want to tell... Oh, I, I'm going first and telling people yeah. who I am. Uh, I'm Jason. You can find me on Instagram at yamij357 and on Twitter at yamij357. That's right, guys. I wanted some damn consistency in my... Whoa, when did you change that? Um, fairly recently. Like, I actually turned off my... Uh, my Facebook and, and Instagram for a week because I was having a really rough week. Mm-hmm. And uh, while I was doing that, I was just kind of looking at, um, I was just kind of looking at my Twitter profile because I wanted to keep Twitter on, uh, mostly for like updates from artists that I follow and everything. And uh, so I ended up, uh, I ended up like seeing that, see, I thought that like your at, like I knew you could change your name easily. I didn't know that you could change your handle, but you can as long as it's available. Mm-hmm. So I just decided, you know what? I'm throwing it. I'm I'm like getting some consistency <laughs> in my life, <laughs> even if it is just just on Twitter. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So both Instagram and Twitter, you can find me at yamij three five seven. And uh, I will. I do plan on watching a lot of uh, spooky movies for, for spooky season. And I'm thinking of just making a Twitter thread of um. My re- my like like really short reactions to the movies that I do watch. So uh, yeah, like keep an eye out for that. Um, also got that little thread going that I'll continue to build on as I make my way through the original Halloween uh, movies. Yeah, I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's spelled C O F F M A N. And I'll also be watching a ton of movies, uh, spooky movies during spooky season. And I'll probably also be tweeting about them. And um, I've got some, I'm really excited about some of them. I'm revisiting a couple uh, really great new releases um, that I haven't seen since they came out, such as The Night House and Saint Maud, uh, which stars Morphid Clark, aka Galadriel, on uh, The Rings of Power. Cool. And uh, the remake of Suspiria. Mm. Uh, you can find us on. Oh, yeah. And. Um... Before I get to that, like, uh, make sure to like send us like what your all's uh, spooky season yeah. plans are. Um, everyone, as the famous horror movie Halloween states, everyone is entitled to at least one good scare. Fuck yeah! Um, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy, or you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. 
The and is spelled out in all of those instances. And don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, you guys know we like to do uh, shout-outs to charities. Um, at this moment, at the time of this recording, uh, Florida is uh, getting pounded by Hurricane Ian. Um, Puerto Rico has already dealt with their like tropical storm mm-hmm. is still dealing with it. So uh, obviously um, these storms suck uh, and... Um, there's definitely going to be need for aid throughout. So just um, if you are feeling in the charitable mood, mm-hmm. there's obviously like those people that do need help yeah. the, like right now. Yeah. And um, on a non-environmental front, um, the women of Iran are currently protesting their government um, for basic human rights um, because in 2022, we're still dealing with that. Yeah. You know that something's wrong when... Uh, your government has a morality police. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, whatever you can do to help them. Um, and just as a reminder, they are protesting their government and not their religion. They are protesting the right, uh, the, the fact that they don't have the right to choose what to wear. Do not harass Muslim women if they choose to wear a hijab or any sort of head covering. Um, they deserve the choice to do as they please, mm-hmm. um, whether that is to cover their heads or not. Um, I mean, we've been saying it forever now, but what a woman does at any point in her life with any part of her, like with any part of her, uh, any aspect of her life, that's her own fucking business. Right. So go out and do some good. Yeah. And we believe in you. And go slay. And be gay. Bye. Bye.